0: Stop right there. Before we continue with this video, I need you to do me the one biggest thing you can do for this show, and that is to like, comment, share, subscribe. Please follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, and like us on Facebook at WREWINDPODCAST. And you can also please, 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 please help us reach our subscriber goals. Thank you, and let's get on with the show. Hey guys, Ted here. Just so everybody knows, uh, you know, Mike Will and I spent probably two hours recording this whole conversation, and it was certainly worth it, but unfortunately we had some issues with the video portion of the program, and so uh, today's presentation, parts one and two, will have the Rewind logo in the video portion if you're watching on YouTube today. I'm very sorry about the technical difficulties, but I definitely didn't want to have to go back and re-record the whole session for the two hours. Um... You know, so my YouTube viewers, I'm very sorry that this happened, and uh, please know that we're working on it for when we debut with season three in uh, in a couple of days. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the season finale of the Rewind Wrestling Podcast. I am Ted. I am your host. Here on the Rewind Wrestling Podcast. And with me today is the OG team here to review Wrestlemania. I've got Will DiNardo, the one of the founders of the Rewind Wrestling Network here with me today. And we've got good old Cousin Fester, I mean Uncle Fester, I mean Cousin Mike here as well. And uh, we are here to give you guys our feedback on Wrestlemania. I am super excited. Guys, we had a, a great weekend of uh, a professional wrestling with Wrestlemania this weekend, man.
1: It was. It was a lot.
0: <laughs> it was. It was.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it was pretty decent. You know, it's nice to actually get to enjoy the matches instead of you know, listening to how the crowd reacts instead of seeing you know an actual good match.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought those guys all worked their behinds off. Um, uh, especially yeah. given the fact that there was no crowd there to feed off of, I think that they just, they, they all worked super hard and they deserve all the adulation, um, you know, and very, yeah. little, very little of the, of the BS from the IWC that, that, uh, that some people have been given. So, uh, here's the format today, guys. I'm going to talk, I'm going to introduce a match, give some, some basic information about it. I'll throw it to Will. Will, you'll give us your thoughts. You tell us how many stars you got for it. Then, Will, you'll throw it to Mike. Mike, you do the same thing, and then I will take it back. I will give my thoughts on it. I will keep my thoughts pretty brief. And then we will go at it again 15 more times.
1: woo
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah. Woo-woo-woo. No, I it's woo. Night. <laughs> All right. So um, I'm not going to go in, in card order. Um... I'm going to go in the order of my list from the Jolton Joe show <laughs> um, <Damn it. laughs> because, because, frankly, I have three kids that needed me to deal with bedtime tonight, and I just did not have it in me to go and find the accurate list right before we got on the air tonight. So um, I'm going to start with Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn, which was for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, and obviously, uh, earlier in the night, we had seen Drew Gulak take a loss to uh, Cesaro on the pre-show. I I don't really want to talk about the pre-show matches all that much, unless you guys have something specific you want to add about it. But, uh, I
2: didn't really see them. Yeah. So the the only thing hmm. I'll say about the pre-show was the audio for it. Definitely wasn't live. It was definitely taped over.
0: Uh, Yeah. Agreed. Um, I did like the women's match. I liked Liv versus Natalia mostly because Lucas was down here watching with me, my my eldest son. And he sits there and he goes, Dad, that girl looks like a zebra. And he was talking about Liv Morgan because she's so pale with the black, you know, the all black with the white buttons on it and stuff. And I was like, yes, oh, yes, man. she does, son. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to business. Daniel Bryan, Sami Zayn, um... You know, Sammy had uh, the Artist Collective out there with him, and uh, Daniel Bryan had Drew Gulak out there with him. Will give us uh, give us some thoughts, man.
2: So, in my eyes, I'm gonna I would give this to me. If it if it had gone a little longer, it probably could have been a five star match to me. But it was at least at least four for me because I thought, other than the two cinematic matches, I think that was the most well-rounded match for in-ring and storytelling. I think that was one of, other than the two cinematic matches, the best overall match. Okay. In my eyes.
0: Alright. I like that Sammy retained.
2: It, it keeps, there's so still, there's still much they can do because he's got Cesaro and Shinsuke with him. Mm-hmm. There's so much they can do with that with that group just to keep the belt on Sammy. Uh, Mike, what do you think?
1: Um, I wouldn't give it as high as a rating just because at times I thought the match could have ended a little bit shorter, opposite to what you were saying. Not that I don't think that it was a good match. Um, anybody going into that, uh, this is not the era of just putting guys over just to, like, bring prestige to titles anymore. There's a lot more logical reasoning going behind the poking, and there's more money in having Zayn retain than there is in giving the title to Bryan because more people are going to want to pay money to see Sami Zayn get his ass kicked than they would to see Daniel Bryan go over. Because the more you drag it out and the more you bring the heat onto Daniel or onto Sami Zayn, it's going to end up being red hot. And if they do this the right way, theoretically, they could give a couple of their main event guys a break on a night and have Zayn main event, a match where, you know, he's supposed to drop his title or whatnot. Like this is very, very good. Um, This is almost very good attitude era booking in the modern era. Hmm. Like, you're going to see Sami Zayn wrestle a lot of guys that you're going to really like. They're not necessarily going to win, but they're not going to look bad in their matches. But you're going to get frustrated because you want not to drop that title.
0: Which means that you've gotten worked, which I think is important.
1: <laughs> yes. The bad side of this is the whole entire like Drew coaching Daniel. Like, I'm going to make you better. I'm going to make it the best possible version of you and everything like that having Drew drop in the pre-show and having Daniel lose at Mania kind of drops a little bit of credibility for New But maybe something will happen later on. But you never know. It's WWE booking could just flip. Tomorrow you know those guys could be jobbers. (laughs) Accurate. (laughs) That's also true. So I said three.
0: Okay. You know, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think this was a three-star match. Um, admittedly, my feed cut out right at the end of this match, so I had to go back and rewatch the finish. Um, there were some feed issues all over the internet, apparently, but that's what happens when eighty thousand plus more people were watching the feed because they weren't in the stadium. You know, um, yeah, that's true. considering that, uh, you know that that this is the only way that people could watch the show um outside of paying for it outrageously on pay-per-view um i think that the bandwidth issues were probably gonna happen no matter what because they probably never had this is probably the best rated show on the network they've ever had this is probably the most amount of traffic they've ever had to deal with just my opinion um
2: getting... I mean, I've, I've seen it on other things too like i've, I've run into it on uh watching UFC fights too. Mm-hmm. It's just if, if there's a lot of people that want to watch it, then it, you're going to have some issues.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's part of, it's kind of, I think it's yeah. kind of part for the course exactly. of streaming. I think, uh, to what Mike said about, about both guys losing. I think that that actually is part of the booking. Um, I think that we're going to see both these guys, um, continue to get more airtime together. And I think that we're gonna see Drew Gulak taking away from Daniel Bryan to the point where Daniel Bryan loses confidence and then he says, Well, why don't you get why don't you take this shot to Gulak? Gulak takes it, pulls out all the stops, wins something, and then that starts a feud between those two guys, which I am here for. Like I will sit down with the giant bowl of popcorn because I want to see that feud. Um so yeah, three three stars three stars for me. All right, let's move on. Let's uh let's go to the to the women's tag team championship match, which I believe was the first match on the uh, the the card proper here. Uh, we had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross going against the Kabuki Warriors, and uh, we had a title change here, which I was uh, not surprised about. If you watched my predictions on the Jolton Joe show, I was that was my prediction. Um, give me your thoughts on the uh, the women's championship women's tag team championship match here.
2: Um, to me, it was it was a solid tag team match. I I would give it three stars for for the actual opening of WrestleMania. Other than the pre show match, mm-hmm. I thought it was really solid. I hate to say it, but I think this that might be the end for at least Kyrie scene. Possibly Asuka too, because I know they're I know I know Kyrie's contract is pretty much up. I don't know hundred percent where Asuka's is, but. I, I kind of wanted them to, to retain just to keep them in the company, but at the same time, I think Alexa Bliss needs a title on her. She's one of your top, top people in the women's division, and she
1: she's only made Nikki Cross that much better.
0: Nice take on it. Mike?
1: So, I only got to see about maybe 10 seconds of this match because it was so lagged out on the app that uh, the only thing I got to saw was Nikki Cross shaking her butt in the entrance.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. uh, And how would you rate that, sir? And how would you rate that?
1: (laughs) 25 out of 10. (laughs)
2: Sorry.
1: Yeah, so unfortunately I didn't get to watch this. I know Nikki Cross is a really great worker and probably uh, I think the most underrated worker on SmackDown in terms of Quality ingring ring work, and uh, you know, it sounds like nonsense on the mic, but nonsense is what draws people to pay attention. So, but uh, for the most part, uh, yeah, I didn't get to see anything of it. So,
0: okay, that's fair. You got me. Um, uh, Will you and I had this down the same, man? I had this down at three stars for the match. Um, I will say that that I actually enjoyed this match significantly more than I enjoyed the Raw Tag Team Championship match that we'll talk about in a, in a few minutes. Um, I think there were contributing factors to that, obviously, with, with all the issues that had to be deal- dealt with booking-wise. However, I thought this was well-booked. I think that it was time to put the belts back on Nikki Cross and on Alexa Bliss. I think that... The two of them elevate the titles. And Mike, you've talked about that here on the channel before. Does the person elevate the title? Does the title elevate the person? It needs to be kind of a 50-50 split in terms of you know, it being the right scenario for everybody. With a young championship, you need people that can grow that championship. And while I think that the Kabuki Warriors have done a good job of, of defending those championships and making them seen on television more which is a good thing. I think that they got more airtime even with Nikki and with Alexa, and I'm excited to see them back on the on those women. Elias and Corbin. Uh, and uh, this was just a straight-up grudge match. Uh, they played it off like Elias might not be able to be there, and then he, of course, came out and double-J'd him. You um, Mike, you can take the lead on this one. <laughs> y- you go ahead, okay. man. <laughs> you
2: got the Corbin cut to go with it, too.
1: So... Contrary to belief, um, I didn't like this match for a handful of reasons.
0: Ooh, probably because Corbin lost.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, one being it was just kind of thrown together. Like uh, around this was kind of a temporary match that was put together. In place of a possible Corbin and Elias joining up and basically fighting the revival because prior to Elias ribbing on Corbin there were weeks and weeks and weeks in a row where Elias was pretty much just ripping (laughs) ripping the tag team apart and um, Corbin was also you know not too friendly with them either so, I was kind of seeing, like, seats sewn in that direction. And then, of course, like, the one guy is pretty much sitting at home. His contract's done. The other guy's injured, but he's disputing. So, he's not paying attention or hanging out or doing anything. But, um I just, from start to finish with this whole entire feud, it felt sloppy. And I hate when the big you know, resounding finish for a feud ends with the guy being bullied winning the match with a roll-up pin because it makes him look weak. I need matches like that to end with guys as finishers because that gives that person strength. Excuse me. Like, and like you guys were saying, like, you know, maybe they might do something a little bit later with that. And my con, my counter to that is, mania is not meant to keep the story moving. Mania is usually meant to be the the end of like you know a rivalry. And, yeah, it's it's the reset you know, button. Tonight's Monday Night Raw is season whatever twenty three or twenty four. Like new feuds, new storylines going forward.
0: But except for what's happening on Raw right yeah. now, which is the Street Profits and. Garth- yeah, but this is the, also The NXT flippy guys Yeah, it's true That's true Alright, so give, give it give it stars. some stars Two stars, wow, two stars for a Corbin match From Mike Will
2: <laughs> I mean I I pretty much felt the same I, I To me, it was also a two star match it, I just I didn't really have much stock in the match to begin with It was kind of just like, oh, this is just a match on the card to me. So I I wasn't as invested in this match as other matches. Ted, you and I have talked about how we feel about Baron Corbin as an (laughs) in-ring performer.
0: You know, listen, I I think that that Baron Corbin has actually gotten better um, since the whole King of the Ring run. I, I really do. I think he's grown on me a little bit to the point where now I don't like him because of his heel heat and not because I don't like him, if that makes sense. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I, th- I think he's definitely become a better performer.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, with that being said, I think that these two guys can both wrestle. I think that both these guys um, can put on great matches. Um, I had this at like a 2.5. You know, I, I used 0.5s on things where I was like, I really don't want to give that three stars, but I can't give it two because you know X, Y, and Z in my brain. Um, I agree with Mike, where I would have liked to have seen Elias throw the throw the elbow drop off of uh, the top rope, despite all of the bone saws ready memes we would have gotten afterwards. Um, you know, you know, but I, you uh, know, I just I wasn't invested. <laughs> And part of that's because was Gronk was like, involved with this in some way, shape, or form. Anything that Gronk is involved with, like I've just <laughs> lost complete investment in. Like I'm just like, ah, nope, bye.
1: <laughs> I, I, feel like it, I feel like it was two good workers put in a ring, and neither one of them got to really do anything near constructive with what their wrestling styles were.
2: I think the best thing about that match was the guitar shot. That, that guitar absolutely exploded yeah yeah
0: that was the best uh slap nuts i've seen in a long time best slap nuts <laughs> i've seen in a long time all right uh up next on my list here let's talk about becky lynch and Shayna baszler guys will i know you have strong opinions about this match And about Shayna Baszler in general. Um, I'm looking forward to having a little bit of a discussion and debate with you about this. But uh, let's hear what you have to say about this match, sir.
2: So, obviously, I've said a lot of or I've shown a lot of support for Shayna Baszler on the channel. I think she is one of the, the best women in the WWE. Obviously, I wasn't happy that she lost, but it's WWE booking. You never know what they're, they're thinking. I'm, I'm looking more ahead to SummerSlam for this because I, uh, with everything that's been going on, I think SummerSlam is this year's mania now because it was a little weird with mania, not having any fans around to me, but I think this, the the only thing I really hated about it was the finish. Because they use that finish so many times in so many other types of matches, and it's just like to me, my real world brain takes over and says that doesn't make any sense. Why would they? They know they're being pinned. Why would they not kick out of that? But that's just how my brain works.
0: Okay, give it give it a star, sir.
2: It was a two and a half star match to me. It wasn't. It was. It was an average match. It was an average WWE women's match. That's what it was.
0: Okay. Alright, Mike.
1: Alright. I think the way that they're going with Shayna Baszler in general is just bad. I think she needs a mouthpiece. She needs to not talk. Um, visually she looks like the bad guy from No Country from Old Men. Audibly she <laughs> sounds like Kathy Griffin. <laughs> so, like literally, like you look at her and you're like, that girl is frightening. And then the moment she opens up her mouth, it just sucks all the, like, terror out of you. Because you're like, oh, okay. Oh, man. I think she's got great ability, but I stand by my assessment of her being the Crispin Law of the women's division, where ability can only get you so far. If she were on the indies, she'd have titles galore. And she'd have five-star matches, because that's what you can do on the indies. But in WWE, you can't just be a solid performer, like... WWE is not necessarily just about pro wrestling. You have to have other things that you bring to the table. And I find her more times out of other times having a hard time bringing the other sides of that to the table. Like, yeah, the whole, like, biting the neck thing, like, a lot of people were like, oh, my God. I was like, that's really weird. Like, she's not grand- it was That was really like, weird. Like, why is she biting her neck? Like, that doesn't... It makes no sense whatsoever. Because she's a vampire, also, I th- bro. I think that has a lot to do
2: with WWE themselves because that's how they book her interviews and everything. It's just really bad. Yeah. Like, the interview leading up to Mania with her in the ring
1: and it being just black everywhere, that was... That didn't, it was just yeah. weird. I've gotten to the point now where a year is about enough for Becky's run. There are a lot of women on that roster that can talk just like she can, but they're not giving the same spotlight and can wrestle better than she can and they're not getting the spotlight because of the you know the merchandise sales and everything like that. Um wrestling's very cyclic cyclical in a way that every three years there's like a shift. And with WWE we've been kind of frozen in time for a while. But we can't agree ignore it anymore like there's so many people that really should be up and doing really good stuff and we'll talk about one of them that i think is probably going to be a huge freaking star um later in the reviews but um yeah i had two and a half stars and honestly the match was kind of a snooze fest like i wasn't invested in, in one bit whatsoever
0: Hmm. So I actually I have I have a little bit of a different opinion than both of you guys here. Um, I gave this I gave this three and a half stars and and here's why. I think that the way that the match was booked made Becky look desperate at the end of the match, which it, sh- it showed her weaknesses, right I think it it leaves us open for booking moving forward. To continue this, but not necessarily immediately. I think it gives us room to let Shayna Baszler grow on the quote-unquote main roster before she gets that title run. I think that if it had been given to her now, it would have been too early, and it would have been the same mistake they made with Dolph Ziggler and um, and Jack Swagger, where they gave it to them too early, and then it ruined them. Um,
1: yeah, but we'll, let me let me argue that a little bit. Women's wrestling is very, very different than men's wrestling. I think women's wrestling has an accelerated shelf life. Because they're not the main draw to the shows.
0: But they're becoming like the regular. main draws to the show.
1: They are, but they're also becoming so when they bring somebody new and fresh in.
0: I mean, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think that that's necessarily true, man. I mean, they highlighted Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch to two years in a row in title matches on the main card at WrestleMania. And actually, you know, if you think about it, it's three years for Charlotte in a row, you know? And um, and Becky was the hottest thing in wrestling going into WrestleMania last year. And yes, I agree that she has cooled off, but she is still the draw right now, okay? There's no one else that's drawing like her on Monday Night Raw right now. Nobody. Maybe Drew McIntyre. Maybe. Because he's got the he's got the the push from the rumble. But no one else is no one else is nearly as popular on Raw right now as she is.
1: is I that would that argue coming out I mean, I to put that spell in. is that a product of them mm-hmm. placing her in a position where she's a black hole in terms of drawing ability? Or is it a product of her being that good?
0: I think it's a product of her ability to connect with the everyday fan and with the casual fan. The casual fan likes the stupid stuff that she does. They like the the fact that she has the look um, and that she's got a little sass to her. You know, the the more hardcore fans like that she can hold her own with the with the best females in the company. Um, and still make everybody look good and and I would argue very much so that the match that we saw at WrestleMania she made Shayna look ten times better than anyone did in NXT. Think about how good she made Shayna look in that match the The mistakes were on Shayna in that match and Becky has yeah. been Becky has been that person in the division who I have called out repeatedly for not being able to do that. And I saw growth in her in that match. And that's why I gave it the star rating that I did.
1: Maybe I just, other than the disarmor thing, which, wow, I finally remembered what her finisher was. Um, <laughs> that should say a lot there. <laughs> I, I don't know. I agree mean, to disagree.
0: Okay, guys. Up next, we have the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match, which wasn't decided in a tag team match. Um, so I guess uh, after they taped SmackDown on Tuesday night, Miz started not feeling well. He had to go into quarantine. He wasn't able to be there to tape WrestleMania. And so with that being the case, they decided that they didn't want to have the match not go ahead. Uh, So they did a triple threat ladder match um, where we had Kofi Kingston representing the New Day. John Morrison representing Miz and Morrison. And I think it was Jimmy Uso uh, representing the Usos. And we had a, a singles match triple threat for the tag team championships. Uh, and let's, uh, let's go ahead and get this thing, get this thing going here. So, Will, what do you think?
2: Um, I think that the Miz and Morrison should never do a music video again. (laughs) (laughs) Accurate. That was just, just very awkward. It was. But, I mean, it was a little weird to have a triple threat singles match for a tag title, but obviously... With the circumstances, it is what it is. They've got to think right. on the file, a little bit. Yep. Personally, I think they could have brought in Joy Mercury to be John Morrison's tag partner. That would they're, have been hilarious.
0: They're afraid of what he might say about their medical staff.
2: Well, when you get hit in the face of the ladder like he did all those years ago, you could say that.
1: <laughs> Not only did well, that no, break his nose, but stuff is, like, gross, too. <laughs>
2: but honest to me it, it was a it was a th- it was a three-star match to me I, th- I think it was one of athletically it was probably the best match on the card because it was it was definitely more of that <laughs> i hate that they use the term but it was definitely more of that parkour style mm-hmm. it was it was that was that was a match for all the flippy people
0: <laughs> yeah I mean And, and listen we, We've we got appeal to that In today's wrestling fan base
2: Yeah There are some big spots In that match The Spanish fly That That Kofi and Morrison Hit off the top rope Oh man Yeah It's a good thing they didn't, That they did not hit The ladder that was in the ring Yes Yes But it was also One of the more Unique finishes I've ever seen To a ladder match
1: Because yep.
2: I mean, I've seen finishes where they knock someone off the ladder and they pull the the belt down the way that Morrison did, but I've never seen someone physically take the whole apparatus down and then get knocked off the ladder. And him landing on that ladder, that bridged ladder on the rope, all that had to hurt.
0: Yep. (laughs) Yep. All right, Mike, let's go to you, bud.
1: So if you're sitting here wondering why I'm sitting here nodding, going, oh, 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 (laughs) Um, it's because, again, I did not get to see this match in its entirety, because I literally got stuff that looked like this. Uh, Let's talk about premise. Um, You had talents available. Um, Each one of them had members that were vying for it. I would have liked if they would have added more people to the match. Because if you have guys that can't compete, like, if you can't have full tag teams, why not make it interesting and add guys to the matches that other people were already wrestling in the card? Like, you know, Otis's tag team partner could have been in that. Like, I know that they were doing the whole, like, injury angle and everything like that. But he could have been in there. Um... Andrade's partner could have been in that, even though he was booked in another match for the tag titles or whatever. Um, no, but they they could have easily filled positions in that match. But, you know, with it being a triple threat and everything like that, you know. They made the best out of a situation that they had. Um that being said, like I know you gotta have Kofi and Mania, especially with like his reputation with ladder matches. That would have been interesting. uh, I would like to start seeing them start getting the ball rolling on him. Because I know they have plans for him. I know he's he's definitely a Heyman guy. Yeah. So. All right.
0: Do you want to abstain from giving this a star rating since you didn't get to see the match in its entirety?
1: Yeah, I can't give it a star rating.
0: Okay. Um... So I agree with Will that this was a match for the Flippy people, okay? Um, and I'm okay with it, right? Um, I think that this match told a great story. It, 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 it really harkened back to a lot of the stuff between the Usos and the New Day. Um, they showed that mutual respect at the beginning of the match, but they also didn't underestimate each other throughout the whole thing. Uh, John Morrison being involved really added a a new element to this. You know, I, I, I think that at the end of the day, we got 90% of what we were going to get out of a tag match from those six guys out of the three guys. And, um, I disagree with, with Mike where, where he says that they should have brought in other people to work the match. I think that had they done that, it would have convoluted the storylines that we had been getting on SmackDown, which is one of the only coherent ones we've been getting um, with a tag, you know, within a tag division in recent memory.
1: Let me let me explain my thoughts on that because I, I realized I didn't even get across what I meant. Um, you make tag teams out of mixing tag teams, and whoever gets a hold of the strap that tag team wins the title, which then again, it just effectively becomes a six play match, which is a cluster fudge, which totally makes sense why it's not a good idea. So
0: <laughs> full circle. <laughs> 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 all right. Let's, uh, <sighs> let's, uh, let's move on, please. For the love of all that's good. And let's talk about my, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and call this my my least favorite match on the card, which was Aleister Black and Bobby Lashley. Yeah, talk about uh, talk about you know just wasted uh talent, wasted opportunities, booking. charisma.
1: Not <laughs> just that, like wasted talent, wasted booking, wasted money, like. <laughs> They put so much money into the angles that they shot with Rusev. Dispute or not, um, when a guy's not happy, make him work. Make him lose matches. Devalue him. If, he, if he's not, if he's not reflecting what the brand is, and a lot of people hate that, and a lot of people say that it's burials and everything like that. These guys get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to go in a ring and wrestle compared to other people who get paid $15 an hour to go save lives. Like at some point, you know, not everybody's going to be the top guy. Not everybody's going to be used favorably. It, it works in cycles again, like booking is sometimes you got to put people over. Sometimes you got to be the winner and you make it through long periods but in terms of things, it may work out in the long run. I mean, but let me get off my, you know, my stance and everything. Um, I don't understand why they brought back Bobby Lashley when they know that he does not work a WWE style. I put him in the same standing as a guy like Ryback, where, like, they both have ability. But... They both have a stiffer, early 2000s style. And WWE isn't that anymore. Like, I don't understand bringing back Bobby Lashley for like a one-off to go up like Brock Lesnar. But um, in this scenario, um, it was basically main event guy. Or not main event guy, but like main roster guy versus indie guy. That's the way that I look at this match. Alistair Black's a great guy. Like, his talent is there and everything. I've seen him on other shows. But, uh, it was a complete mismatch. Complete mismatch. Um, Two and a half stars. I
0: didn't
2: even give it that. I gave it two. I think the only... (laughs) I think there were only two good things about that match. One being that Alistair Black won, and the second being Bobby Lashley's new ring gear. Other than that, really wasn't much in it. I think the, the only other thing that you could probably talk about for this match was that Lana kind of, kind of screwed Bobby out of winning the match, I guess you would say. But, I mean, it all depends on where they booked that going forward.
1: Yeah, um... Like, they want Bobby Lashley to be something that he's not. And they've always been doing this with him. He's in the same spot as McIntyre when McIntyre made it to 3MB.
0: Fair. Um, I had this also at two stars. Uh, My number one thing about this match that I enjoyed was the fact that uh, that that Black Mass looked incredible and um yes you could see on the replay him smacking you know real hard to make that sound pop but man that that he does that beautifully that wheel kick modified kind of into a hook kick um it's just it's it's really it's really well done you can tell why he was a really good kickboxer and um you know that was the best thing about it for me all right, so we're coming up on the end here. So for our for our listeners and for our uh, our people that are watching at home, we are going to break this up into two episodes so that it's not ungodly long for you to sit through um, because we can we all have a so tendency we're to Okay, back
2: to the beginning of the podcast.
0: Yeah, right? What I want to do now is I want to talk about one of my matches of the weekend and that is Otis and Dolph Ziggler. And then we're going to we're going to wrap part okay. 1 up here and we're going to we're going to take a break and uh and we will talk part 2. All right? So uh Will take take us in
2: here, man. To me, I gave this match 4 stars. It was one of the most entertaining matches we had the whole night. I think <laughs> I think Otis Otis is one of the most over people in the company, and he did it by himself. I just, to me, I just, the only thing I don't want is them to break him and Tucker up because I think they need to stay a tag team, and they definitely need a shot at the belts eventually. But (laughs) for being such a big guy, Otis moves so well around the ring. It's crazy. Someone that big shouldn't move that that easily. And the slap that Mandy Rose gave to Sony Deville, ooh, I, I felt that.
0: <gasps> <laughs> Dislocated her jaw.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, Miguel.
2: I mean, I'm... I, wanted to, I was gonna say I want to know what you guys thought of it, right. but for me it was it was four stars all
1: right for me it was probably the only five star match of the night and the reason why I give it five stars is because not only did it cap off the story it had all the sides of what you need in a match if you're going to wrestle in the WWE. So you need entertainment, you need athletics, you need believability. Like, it it literally, all four of the pillars that you need to be successful in WWE, it had. Um, Absolutely. It further proved my point on the whole entire fact that you need to use your finisher to finish off a match. And, like Will said, like, Otis is fantastic. Um, I'm really leery on seeing the two of them do singles matches, because I think if man pays attention and sees the both of them do singles matches and realizes that both of them can go on their own, he might pull them apart. Kind of like an edgy Christian type thing. But... As big as Otis is, I guarantee McMahon's probably going to get on about losing some weight just because of longevity with his career. Not necessarily a bad one, but you know, if you're going to invest that type of money and time on somebody, you want them to be in peak physical shape. And I also think that not only did Otis get over with the crowd, but I think he's over with McMahon because Otis is a classic type character that McMahon loves. McMahon loves the comedy and you know, the bit playing and everything like that and oh, this is fantastic with it. Especially like when he's on the date or setting up for the date and he's just combing his hair <laughs> to one side.
2: <laughs> the comb over. It's great.
1: <laughs> um, but really like for me that was the match that Really delivered and did what it was supposed to do, and he took it out of the ring bump better than half the guys that are in the in, in the company right now. And he's not a small guy. Like yeah. there's little Holy things that. in that match that there's little things in that match that you can take a look at, and if you're somebody who's like in the indies and wanting to come up, like that's a match that you would want to watch and taking it on because you could learn a lot from it
0: yeah um i too had it at four stars um i I contemplated going four and a half five on it Uh, i thought that the storytelling was great i think it had a great ending to the story i think that they finally wrote a storyline where they could introduce a different storyline with the hacker um, and us finally getting some development with that after having seen that ring show up on the TV for, for weeks and weeks on SmackDown. I, I just think that, um, I think that this was done right. I think it was, you know, if, if, WWE could use the logic that they used in the booking of this match and everything else that they do, then they would have a lot less complaining people in the IWC. Um, you know, so I think overall that's, that's where we're at so uh so four stars there all right guys so this has been part one of the uh the rewind network review of wrestlemania and uh you know the the schlub to to the left of the screen here is uh is will you got uncle fester in the middle that's mike and uh you've got you've got me you've got the the poor schlub that has to edit all this stuff later uh you know, and and I'm looking forward to, uh, to talking part two with you guys in uh, in just a few minutes here. We're going to talk about the big four for the night, the two uh, big championship matches and the uh, the two cinematic matches. And we're also going to be talking, uh, you know, the, the remainder of the card here. So, folks, please make sure you tune in to the next video. If you have not already, please do so. Please like, comment, share, subscribe. We are uh, slowly trickling our way up in the subscriptions. It's awesome. Uh, remember to go check out our, our other show on the network right now which is the Dalton Joe wrestling radio show and uh, in part two I'm gonna have an awesome announcement about a new addition to the channel starting with season three of the of the uh, of the pod coming in with uh, with the network here. All right folks thank you so much and we will catch you next time.